I look at it as being an author. Not a lot of authors make money off of their books, but they make money off of the things that associate with those books. So for me, podcasting has probably broken even by the time I figure what little advertising re revenue I've brought in compared to what it has actually cost me. But the, 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 the posture of, of, you know, showing my phone and saying, here, here's vape radio. You know, if you want to go ahead and subscribe, you'll hear all of my shows. And I think I have about 91 or 92 shows right now. So I look at it as being a, an adjunct to a lot of other marketing as a standalone entity by itself. Very rarely does it be, does it cut the mustard. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Hello, podcast friends, and welcome back to Podcasting Smarter. Norm Bauer is joining me today to help us be smarter podcasters with his unique experience as the founder of Vape Mentors and the host of Vape Radio, the only voice in the vape space. Thanks for joining me on Podcasting Smarter today, Norm. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for asking. Thank you for everything. Oh, great. Well, I thought it's appropriate to start this podcast a little differently than I normally do. I want to start with a couple of podcasting confessions. And I think you know why I want to start with a podcasting <laughs> confession. <laughs> okay. Throw yourself right, so under I, throw yourself I'm going to start. Okay. I'm going to throw myself under the bus. Okay. Uh, well, we're all talking to, you know, we're talking to podcasters and I think most podcasters can relate to this podcasting confession. This is actually my second conversation with Norm. We recorded a delightful interview a few weeks ago, but I forgot to hit record. And it's actually the first time I've ever done that in all my years of podcasting. And I was so humiliated. It took me it took me a little bit to gather up the courage to just email Norm and tell him what I did, but you were so nice about it and so forgiving. <laughs> and I think you said that you had you had done something in your podcasting past that absolutely you could and relate not to necessarily it. something as obvious as forgetting to hit record button. Sometimes you just have a bad connection. Sometimes just something happens that is totally you know unforeseen. Uh, but I had a situation, you know, I have a podcast right now in my vaping industry. And so I'm talking with people all over the world. And sometimes getting the people coordinated with my schedule can be very challenging. And so there have been several instances. Matter of fact, one specifically was a guy in the UK in London. And we did a really great interview. I think it was done via Skype because that's normally how I used to record these. And after I was done, it's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry to tell you this, but uh, we didn't record. And so as it was, we decided to hold off on it because there were some things that were going to be going on that would have necessitated just doing another one later. So rather than trying to redo that one, uh, we just decided to push the whole thing back and we did it again um, several months after that. Okay, so I appreciate your podcast confession. So something was going around the podcast community groups on Facebook. And it was sort of this list of have you ever's um, in podcasting. And, and they were sort of confessional type things. And so I came up with a couple of my own. So I wanted to know, um, have you ever forgotten your guest's name? Um, 
No, I don't think I've ever done that. I don't okay. think I've ever done that, but I can see that happening for sure. Yeah, I'm, I am also innocent of that. I will not be confessing that crime. Um, have you ever apologized for the sound quality on your podcast? Well, I would think that's probably the most common thing that I'm apologizing for because technology <laughs> being what it is, and you have the most state-of-the-art equipment out there, but the problem is, is that we're still subject to the internet. We're still subject to too many programs, too many web browsers being open at the same time, and even if you close them all. Sometimes there's still glitch in the line. I live in Newport Beach, California, and it just so happens that my cable provider who provides my Wi-Fi uh, is not the most dependable. And there have been times where my Wi-Fi will just suddenly drop. It didn't happen while I was on a call, but it would happen just in random circumstances. But had I been on a call and recording something, it probably would have just, just ruined everything. Well, thank you for your honesty. I have also apologized for sound quality on my show. So I'm also guilty and willing to confess that podcasting crime. Have you ever gotten a one-star review on iTunes? I don't believe I have. Actually, oh. I don't have, actually, I don't have as many iTunes reviews as I would like to have. Uh, so maybe it's just an indication of the fact that I don't have you know, millions of people who are me. So all the people, you know, again, I'm broadcasting in a very niche industry. So most people who are listening to my cast, uh, I appreciate what I'm doing as far as the information I'm supplying, but never got one, one star on uh, this. Well, congratulations. <laughs> That's good. Well, I have listened to your podcast and I enjoyed it, even though I have nothing to do with the vape space whatsoever. So I will do my part and I will not give you a one-star review, but I will go in and add to your good reviews in there. I can at least do that. Um, have you ever recorded with pets making noise in the room? Uh, not in my room, but certainly in the other room, along with, along with uh, someone knocking at the door. Uh, that's something that happens, <laughs> and sometimes the phone goes off on my end or on the other end. So sometimes these things just happen. Yep, they do. They do. They do. Well, I have um, I have pets, and they refuse to be in a room that I am not in. So I have this problem. Ah, and I also wow. I also have a neighbor who is very averse to having a single leaf on his lawn, and so he's constantly outside with his leaf blower. And um, so I've had him in the background sometimes. Not today, but he's uh, he's very annoying when he does that. And that's why I don't record on Tuesdays between about 12 o'clock and 2, because that's gardening day. And when they come around, I hate those damn leaf blowers. <laughs> and of course, everything else they have out there is noisy. So I can't even really function very properly on the telephone, let alone on an interview. So I just have to kind of put things on hold for a while. I go take my lunch. Maybe I'll take the phone in the backyard. Quiet. But yeah, if you know, if we know, and, and podcasters out there, if we know that we are subject to noise distractions, you have to be prepared. I mean, it'd be great to have a soundproof room that's insulated and all that. And I used to have a studio like that. But the reality of this is that most podcasters are working in an office or in a room somewhere in their house. And so they have to deal with the realities of a living space. Exactly. And, you know, I think sometimes it adds to the charm of our indie podcaster space to have that that bit of intimacy uh, peppered in throughout their their show sometimes. All right. Have you ever disliked a guest so much that re you refuse to publish the interview? Wow. That's an interesting question. <laughs> um, I don't think that's ever happened. No. Do people say that that has happened to them? Well, I'm asking because 
on my other podcast, my personal podcast, which I've had with my co-host for about seven years, several years ago, this wasn't recent, we had a guest come on and it was multiple guests and we, we interview artists and performers, um, creative types. And they were extremely difficult during the interview. They refused to to get out of character and we just couldn't get them to answer a question in a real way. And I was frustrated and I could see my co-host getting frustrated, but I didn't realize how frustrated he was. And I think it just came at him at a bad day. And he actually yelled at our guests and, oh, wow. um, and, and kind of kicked them out of the studio. And that, that, that interview never saw the light of day. <laughs> And that's the only time it ever happened, and it's never happened since, but it was a memorable experience for everybody, I'm sure. See, I can see that happening if you're interviewing a celebrity or some type of an artist who is probably being bombarded and interviewed by several other people. Like, for instance, let's just say there's a movie coming out, and you do movie reviews, and you're fortunate enough to get someone connected with that movie on a podcast. Well, you know, it would be nice to think that you're the only one who's done that, but you're probably the fourth or fifth or tenth that day to the point of where they just get tired. They get frustrated. It's like, oh, please, another podcast. I don't care how much I, I like or don't like this person. Uh, sometimes they just get you know over their, over their head with frustration. So I can see that happening. But in my industry, I used to do them twice a week. Uh, I used to do them initially when I started my vape podcast. I did it every week. And I did that for probably about three months just to be able to build up inventory. And then after a while, I started getting busier and busier and busier. So now I do them relatively infrequently. So I'm pretty particular about the people I choose. And when I do get them, I think they appreciate being on. Awesome. Okay, so you're in the vape space. And this podcast complements your business, uh, which you can find at vapementor.com. So tell me a little bit about why you started the podcast, how it's helped your business. And then I want to talk a little bit about how you find your guest and the kind of things you look for in a guest. But let's start with uh, where it all started. Okay. Well, before it started in vape, it started in terrestrial radio. And for those of you who don't know that term, that means radio that's not over the internet, like on the, on the airwaves. And my previous career for 30 years was in real estate and financial services. And in 2002, I started a real estate and finance radio show First, I joined up with another gentleman that had a financial planning show, and I did what we called the Mortgage Minute. I did that for about a year, and I loved it, and I ended up getting business from it. And then the engineer and the producer of the show said, you need your own show. He really liked my style. So I got a gentleman. His name was Mike, and so he and I started the Norman Mike Real Estate Finance Show, and we were on the air for about seven years. And I really, really loved it. And we did over 400 shows over about a seven-year period. We were in, in as many as six different markets at one time. Uh, we started with an hourly show, and then we added a second hour. And towards the very end, just before the uh, the recession hit in 2008, we actually did, had a daily show for probably about two months or so. And then terrestrial radio in the real estate space just kind of went away. But I always loved radio. I have a very, very bad memory, so I don't do well on video or trying to re recite lines or remembering scripts or anything else like that, but with radio, I can be very authentic, I can be very glib, I can be very spontaneous, and I've been a speaker for 30 years, so I'm very good with thinking on my feet. So when I got into the vaping industry, I pitched the uh, editor of a magazine called Vape Magazine, and I said, you know, do you take outside writers? And they said yes, so I started writing for them. 
And about six months later, I said, you know, we should probably add a podcast to this because it would tie in together with the radio. And I told him I had radio experience. So that's how the, my radio show started. And I, I think a podcast is a wonderful adjunct. You know, it's very, very, very hard to monetize. And I know people and you know people and everyone knows those who are truly able to monetize a, a podcast. But I look at it as being an author. Not a lot of authors make money off of their books, but they make money off of the things that associate with those books. So for me, uh, podcasting has probably broken even by the time I figure what little advertising re revenue I brought in compared to what it has actually cost me. But the the the, the posture of, of you know showing my phone and saying here here's Vape Radio, you know if you want to go ahead and subscribe, you'll hear all of my shows, and I think I have about 91 or 92 shows right now. So I look at it as being a, an adjunct to a lot of other marketing. As a standalone entity by itself, very rarely does it, be, does it cut the mustard. Now, when you started Vape Radio, were you the first uh, podcast about vaping? Do you know? Well, that's a good question. And the answer is I'm the first and only podcast on the business side of vaping. Ah. There have been. There have been others before. See, like in the world of vaping, there are those that are technicians. They vape. They like tearing stuff apart. They like reviewing. They like reviewing hardware and liquids and all those things. And that's not my space. I've never been a smoker, and I'm still not a vapor. I have been and continue to be a business strategist. It just so happens that I wandered into an industry that needed help. So my 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 show is all about business strategies and and how do you how do you protect yourself from exposure and how do you uh, how do you separate yourself from the competition and how do you market yourself when you can't advertise on Google and Facebook and various things like that. So the people that I seek out to bring in for radio interviews are people that I think are going to uh, bring bring value, bring benefits to the people who are listening. And it's almost all B2B. There is a consumer segment, and I don't know the exact demographics because there's no way to really track it, but I would say 80% of the people who have listened to my podcast over the last you know four years are in the business, and probably 20% are consumers who are just using it for their own knowledge. Wow, that's super interesting. And so now... You're the only host, right? So I was just wondering, because you began in terrestrial radio and then you had a good experience with a co-host, do you ever miss those days when you had somebody always there to kind of bounce things off of? Mm, I'm going to say probably not. And here's why. When I was in, when I had the terrestrial radio show, it was myself and my business partner, Mike. And Mike was extraordinarily sharp at a lot of things that were not necessarily my thing, like, for instance, taxation. And we prided ourselves that. And, and by the way, this was a live call in show. So we had a call screener there and calls would come in. And for me to do it on my own probably would have been very difficult because I have, you know, good knowledge in certain areas of real estate and financial services. But he's the guy who understands taxation better. He's the guy who understands estate planning better. In other words, he kind of complements the skills that I don't have. So right now with the podcast, it's not a call-in show. It's a recorded show. So, of course, I can just go ahead and, and upload it whenever I want. So people aren't going to call me with questions that I'm not going to be able to ask. You know, would it be better if I had a technician with me to handle those things that maybe I don't cover? And the answer is for my particular industry, no, because I don't. I don't claim to be, you know, every everything to everyone because, you know, my, my posture has always been if you're everything to everyone, then you're no one, nothing to no one. And so I'm a, I'm a business guy that teaches people how to start and how to grow businesses. I love it. And so you mentioned that 
your podcast as a piece of your marketing um, strategy. So I'm looking at your other pieces. So you've got your podcast and you've written a book, right? So you have, have your book. I have. And you have courses. Yep. And what um, what else am I missing? Well, I you consult. You do you consult, yeah. right, as a service? Yeah, I mean, when I started my business, and like a lot of people, I had to fake it until I made it. I really didn't know the industry that well, but I started off as a consultant. Then I started writing for a magazine, which is now the largest and the first magazine in the vaping industry. Then I added the podcast. Then I developed online programs. Then I authored a book. Then I started speaking. Um, and so I've spoken internationally, you know, overseas on, on the world of, 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 of vaping and, and how to, how to build a business around vaping. So, yeah, so a podcast is kind of like one of, say, a half a dozen different tools that I use to market myself. It's a very, very powerful tool. And I discovered when I had a terrestrial radio show, the power of media is unbelievable. When, when there are advantages to having a media pass, I also write for the local newspaper here in Newport Beach, California. And when you have a media pass, you get access to anything and everyone that the average person doesn't always get. And so when you say, hi, this is Norm Bauer with Vape Radio, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to interview you. I'm going to get through to people much more than if I just said something like, you know, if I didn't have that media card to pull out of my, my hat, so to speak. Okay, so tell us, what is the process of getting that media card? Well, you know, in my particular case, it's really not a media card. It's not a physical card. It's the fact that I have a radio show. Ah. Now, for the newspaper for the newspaper I write with, I actually have a media card, a press pass, but rarely ever do I ever need it. I mean, every once in a while, I, ha I go to an event where they'll say, do you have your press card? And I'll have to show it. But for the most part... Any place I go, it's already set up in advance. It'll probably be some type of email exchange or telephone call between myself and someone involved in PR or marketing where they want me to go to cover an event. Like, for instance, in, the, uh, in, in my world of, of vaping, there are events all over the world. And I've covered a lot of them in the United States, probably over 50 events in the last four plus years. And so I usually set it up in advance that they know that someone from Vape Radio or Vape, or Vape Magazine is coming. So I go over to the VIP or the media check-in, and, and they already have my, my lanyard and my card there. And so I'm already in, and that gives me – that separates me from everyone else that's there, strictly as a vendor or as a guest. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think another huge benefit of having a niche uh, show, because you really can – pinpoint your audience and events where things are happening that are relevant to what you're putting out there. So that's super, super smart. So I was wondering because, you know, Vape Mentor and Vape Radio, it, it all seems very, it's very established, looks very polished. Uh, it's very professional. So are you at a point where you're maybe considering branching into another niche market of any kind? Well, that's an interesting question. And of course, the most logical place to go would be the cannabis market, mm -hmm. uh, which of course, once upon a time was a very subversive behind the scenes thing, but now it's very overt. And in the next handful of years, we're going to see a nationalized marijuana policy. Um, so there is, there is a, a huge interest on my part to move into the, what they call CBD, which is the non-psychotrophic aspect of marijuana and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole because I could just totally distract us but <laughs> reality the reality is that I have been wanting to expand my in my vaping business into cannabis for over three years and so oh, I've wow. done a lot of 
Uh, oh, yeah. I've done a lot of research. Well, I interviewed a guy for Bape Radio uh, three years ago in September, and he was with a company that sold what they call CBD. And I was enamored with it. And again, it has a lot of the same features and benefits of marijuana, but it doesn't get you high. But it's good for sleeping. It's good for pain relief. It's good for for tremors. It's good for anxiety. It's 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 the the, the benefits of, of CBD, which is derived from hemp, which is the male marijuana plant, is just amazing. And it's been around for thousands and thousands of years. So CBD, maybe a year, two years ago, was very unknown. Now it's more and more known. As a matter of fact, myself and another partner, we are just now launching a site strictly for CBD, and it's going to be for people to get information on CBD and also to be able to purchase products. So I am seeking out different products from different manufacturers so I can uh, offer what I think are very unique products. Oh, my gosh. I I didn't know what I was going to get as an answer, but that is great. It sounds so exciting. <laughs> and I'm... I, I'm so glad you had an answer for that. It was so interesting. And I'm assuming you're going to have a podcast associated with this new em empire you're building. I'm going to say yes to that because, again, yeah. it's a, you know, and there's a lot of people who have vape shops who are now adding CBD to their product line, and they don't quite understand how to do it. Sometimes they get hassled by, by local regulations and state regulations and federal regulations. So there's a lot of people out there who, again, are more knowledgeable than I, and I want to bring them on as a guest. And, and you know, I'm very humble in, in what I know, Jennifer, because I do not claim to be the sharpest tool in the shed, but I know a lot of very sharp tools. And so, you know, when I reach out to those sharp tools and I can provide that information to my to my listening audience, that's what excites me. So I can ed I can educate them. I can empower them, help them to avoid some of the mistakes that they would have uh, maybe run into had they not heard me or my guest or anything. So that's the value of having a podcast is that you can you can access these major thought leaders and be able to bring them to the masses. You know, and if you were in a business mode, of course, that's where you can monetize it. If you're just doing it for fun, well, then you're just doing it for fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're our thought leader today, Norm. So if you're <laughs> so if you're giving advice to another up-and-coming podcaster and say they're considering um, producing a podcast, but they're still wondering what they're going to make it about, um, what sort of advice would you give them? Obviously, pick a niche, but is there uh, some technical advice, anything you learned along the way that would maybe save them some headaches? Well... There's a couple things that come to mind immediately, and one is you have to understand that it's not about you. It's not about what you have to offer. It's about what they want to know and what they want to hear. And sometimes we as people, we get all caught up in our heads, and we think that we're maybe smarter than we think we are, or maybe we have more to offer than what we do. And the reality is, is that you really have to understand your audience. Now, if you look back several decades, I'm, I'm a baby boomer, so you know I remember when radio was just AM and FM, and that was all you had in the car. And so back then you had you had huge, huge market penetration because there wasn't a lot of selection. Well, today it's the opposite. Today you've got unlimited selection. No matter what your niche, no matter what your industry, you can find an audience for it. So the more you can specify what type of audience you are trying to reach, then you can really kind of structure what your what your radio show or what your podcast is all about. So again, so I guess the takeaway here is understand your audience. What is it that they want to know? What are their needs? What are their wants? What are the things that they're curious about? How can you deliver that? And if you deliver that, then you got to figure out why am I doing the podcast? I mean, I spoke at one of the very first podcast conventions here in California back in 2005, and there was only 
you know, maybe a couple thousand people there. It wasn't that large. And the number one question back then is the same one that persists today over 10 years later. How do I make money from a podcast? And the reality of it is, is that most people do not. There's a few people in the very rarefied air who are making hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a year in their podcast. But the average person is doing it as a labor of love. And so that would be the second thing that I want you to consider anyone who wants to start a podcast. Really do something that you're passionate about. Because if you're just going to do it because, oh, I got a whim and I'm going to talk about judo because, you know, suddenly I'm in the judo and six months later I'm not in judo anymore. Next thing you know, you've wasted all that time and all that energy. So, you know, I'm very lucky that I have passion for what I do. And it just so happens that I'm an entrepreneur that supports entrepreneurism in a very niche industry. I'm not necessarily into vaping per se. But I'm into helping entrepreneurs survive. And it just so happens that vaping is the vehicle that they are using to you know, execute on their dreams. So that's kind of part of my vision. So for anyone out there who wants to start a podcast, have passion for what you're doing. Otherwise, it's going to become rote. It's going to become boring. You're just going to say, screw it. I don't feel like doing it today or this week or this month. And next thing you know, it's just going to disappear. I think that advice is spot on. And I learned a new term, thanks to you. And I, I don't know if you came up with this term, but I bet you did. Vapepreneur. I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the term entrepreneur can be mushed up in a lot of different ways. You have solopreneur. Yes. You have this, this venor and whatever. And so, you know, years ago, what I... <laughs> Mompreneur, exactly. And it's like everything, you know, you can create all these words. So I came up with the word vapepreneur, which is basically an entrepreneur that's exercising entrepreneurism in the vaping industry. And that was the name of my book that I wrote, Vapepreneur. Yeah. Well, you know, every year Merriam-Webster comes out with their their list of new words that they're adding to the dictionary. And if I don't see vapepreneur in the dictionary pretty soon, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write them a letter on your behalf and, and demand that it be, be in there under V. <laughs> Well, so, so so just to, just to kind of piggyback on that, I think it was about three years ago, the word vape actually was the word of the year from the Oxford Dictionary. We're so close. We're so close. Exactly. That's that's crazy. Um, I was going to ask you uh, just a couple of fun questions to wrap up if you're if you're open to them. I'm always up for fun. Okay. Um, I. I asked you these before, so I, you may remember your answers. You may not, but let's see. Uh, if there was a podcast about your life, Norm, what would it be called? Mm, well, so I'm going to get serious here for a moment because okay. my, my journey as an entrepreneur has not been smooth. And anyone who's been an entrepreneur uh, understands that there's a lot of learning lessons along the way. And unfortunately, you have to learn you have to learn by your mistakes, and just because you fail does not make you a failure. So over my last 40 years of being an entrepreneur, most of it was in real estate, but during the course of my real estate career, I tried different things. Some of them succeeded, most of them did not because I was caught up in my head. I suddenly thought that I had a great business idea because I thought I had a great business idea, and I really didn't do any marketing or any research or anything else like that. And the one thing that was missing in my life for many, many decades was a mentor. So I was very fortunate that in the industry that I was in prior to vaping, one of my business partners became my mentor and I learned a lot from him. So the 2008 recession was, was not very kind to me, Jennifer, and it basically destroyed me. And it, it took away all of my assets, uh, my retirement plan, a couple of houses, uh, put my home into foreclosure. It, it rocked an already unsettled marriage. And so 
um, the journey in entrepreneurism has been very, very challenging. But yet I endured. And part of my motivation for that is because my mother was a survivor of Auschwitz. And so she spent three years in a hellhole in a concentration camp, and she came out a survivor. And so whenever I hit a low point where I thought I was going to give up or I thought I couldn't rebuild myself, I thought of what my mom had to go through. And I said to myself, what's money? You can always make more money. What's a relationship? You can always find another. And so the, 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 the podcast on me would be, so, would be called something like He Never Gave Up because that is what anyone who knows me will always tell, will always say, Norm may have the crap beat out of him, but you know what? He'll always find his way back up. That's amazing. And I love the story that you gave us before you gave us that title. I had, I literally got chills. That's amazing. I remember 2008 as well. I had decided to open up my own business, a brick and mortar in 2008 and didn't understand why all these banks that said they were going to give me my money, uh, a loan, a business loan, just changed their mind. And what they knew that I didn't know yet was what the economy was collapsing. Um, and so I lost my shirt um, in uh, in those years as well, and I uh, had to pick myself back up. So I, um, from one business owner to another, I know what that was like. And um, yet we still choose our our entrepreneurial paths. Be you know, for for obvious reasons. So, kudos. I love that name. Listen, before we leave the discussion, I just want to commend you, Jennifer, one, for what you just shared, because obviously it's a very personal story and no one wants to appear, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that they were beat the crap out of, but you were beat the crap out of and I was beat the crap out of as well. But the mm-hmm. reality of it is, is that, you know, you, you picked yourself up. So that's a lesson here that anyone and everyone who's listening should should take out of this conversation is that you're not necessarily going to get it right the first time your first co- podcast might suck your second podcast might suck and you know you might change subjects you might change directions i mean the gentleman who started linkedin his name is reed and i can't remember reed's last name he said if you are not embarrassed by your first business rollout then you've waited too long he's a big believer of the trial by fire as you go ahead and do it don't wait for everything to be just right and wait for all the, 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 the stars to align because that may or may not happen. Just go out there and do it. Ask for questions. Ask for feedback. Learn what to do right and w- learn what not to do. And, and that's how you do it. I mean, you have to be very raw to, to be an entrepreneur and you have to really put yourself out there and be willing to take criticism because not everyone is going to sing your praises because the people who don't sing your praises will very rarely tell you. They'll just disappear. So again, kudos to you for sharing your story of recovery and and uh, and, <laughs> and and survival post recession. Because you and me have millions and millions and millions of brothers and sisters who went through the same thing, and here we are talk, yeah. talking about it and learning from it, and now teaching about it. Yeah, it's you know it's important, and you know I have some distance from it. You know when I was going through it, it was ugly and embarrassing and humiliating. It felt like a death, and you know the failure felt awful. But in the end, like you said, you come through it, and I learned it's not my one and only failure, but it was a big one. And um, you learn so much more from your failures than your successes. And I did have you know I've had businesses that have been successful. That was my first real big failure. But I if I'm going to do it, I do it right. Um, but yeah, it, you know, you learn from it. It didn't kill me. And like you said, you can, I can always, that's what I said. It's like, I can always make more money. I can't make more time, yep. but I can always make more yep. money. So that's how you get through it. 
All right. So if you could choose anyone, dead or alive, to host a podcast, who would you love to see have one? <laughs> I, I, I remember my response in our first interview, the one that didn't get uh, the, the one that didn't get recorded, and I, I, <laughs> the last episode. Yeah, I think I said Superman because I'm a big super superhero freak, and so I thought it'd be cool to have Superman on the show. But I think I, I think yeah. I'll change my tune. I think I'll go with a, a real world character, dead or alive. In this particular case, probably dead. Um, you know, I was I was about ten years old when John Kennedy was assassinated. And so you look, you look back mm -hmm. in history and you hear about what an amazing man he was. And, you know, I, I, we, I mean, we came so, so close to, to nuclear devastation here and, and with the Cuban Missile Crisis, and he was able to avert that. And yet he died so early, so prematurely. It would be interesting to have a podcast with John Kennedy because even though we only had him for, you know, three years as president, the guy had to have been brilliant. And he must have really had a way with people to, to, to do what he did in such a young at such a young age, such a short period of time, I think he would be a fascinating co-host. And I know if I had him as my co-host, I wouldn't have to worry about ratings. Yeah, I think he would be fascinating, particularly if he could come back, you know, like the ghost of John F. Kennedy and see where we are today and particularly the political climate. And again, I won't go down that rabbit yeah. hole, but just to mention it because it's lively <laughs> right now. Um yeah. It would be interesting to see his perspective um, and hear that. I think he would he would make a what? I mean, we couldn't. How, who can compete with John F. Kennedy with a podcast? I'm, I guess we should all be kind of glad he's not available for a yeah. podcast because that he would just steal, you know, even more yeah. ratings yeah. from us uh, yeah. indie podcasters. Yeah. Fascinating man for sure. Fascinating man. Absolutely. Yeah. So fascinating. Well, thank you. Well, speaking of fascinating, you are fascinating, Norm, and I've loved talking to you a second time. I may have liked this one even better than the first one. Um, I'm not sure why, but maybe because I, I feel like I know you a little bit better since we've been through this twice now, but I had so much fun. And when you start your next podcast um, in the cannabis space, I definitely want to have you come back on if that's okay with of you. Of course, it's okay. And, and, and I'm very humble when I do these interviews because I've been interviewed by, you know, by a lot of people as well as being on the other side of the microphone. So I don't take this lightly, Jennifer. And so I'm very proud to be part of your message. And if, again, you know, if there's any nuggets of information that I was able to share that changes someone in a positive way, then it was all worthwhile. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your generosity. We so appreciate it. Thank you too. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting! <laughs>